You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA podcast brought to you by our good friends at Alumni Hall your go-to stop for all your Georgia gear and accessory needs. I'm your host, Tyler, and while it may be Georgia's bye week, there are still college football games being played this weekend, which means we have picks to make. So joining me as she does each and every week, this time for our Week 8 Picks of the Week, is my co-host Charlie, of course, the star of the Glory UGA podcast. Charlie, how are you? I'm all right. Life's good? Yep. I know we talked earlier in the week about how much you love a good bio. Is it living up to his expectations so far? Yeah, I'm not too excited about the games. I know it's like a downer off the bat, but... Yeah, we'll get to that. Like, it's it kind of always works out this way. It's just a weird time of the year. A lot of teams are on their buys. And here we are, like, ready to sit down and just watch as much college football as we can. And it's like, oh, it's this slate. Okay, I guess it's football. We'll take it. But we'll make the most of it, right? I think last week was kind of one of those weeks too, though. And there, it actually turned out there were some really good football games, right? Auburn-Arkansas, I was excited about that game. I think you were excited about that game. I think nationally it wasn't really on the radar. It turned out to be a really good football game. LSU-Florida, most people thought that was just going to be a blowout in Florida's favor. And didn't turn out that way at all. Obviously, there's not a blowout. But LSU ends up somehow, some way, beating Florida. Then you had... Iowa going down to Purdue. So even though you don't have these like headliner games in weeks like this, sometimes these are the weekends that can have the most chaos and the most excitement about them. I don't know if that'll be this weekend, but there's always that chance. But I think there's a few games that could uh, create a lot of drama. Shake some things up. Yeah. I mean, look, it always happens. Almost always with a weekend like this, some team comes out of nowhere and starts to shake things up. But let's look back at last week, Charlie. How did you feel about your picks last week? Um, I did okay. I think that's the correct word. I think I beat you. You did by a game. Yeah. Good for you. Congratulations. Start the podcast. That Iowa. No, uh, I think Iowa. what put you over the top was Alabama. I think I picked Mississippi State to cover. Yeah. Yep, I Mississippi State to cover, and and you got you got, got Oklahoma yeah. or Oklahoma State. Over Texas. Yeah. Or you picked them to cover. Did you, pick, you didn't pick the Cowboys who went outright, did you? No. no. You picked them to cover. Yeah, I had that one wrong. That was one, yeah, just that, that was a mistake. Uh, mine were not great. 
it wasn't like a flat out terrible week, but it certainly was not a good week. I do have one pick. Like some of the picks that I miss, you know, like they're close games. They can go either way. I'll stand by those picks. You don't feel too bad about them. Well, Charlie, that Alabama Mississippi State pick was bad. I just I gotta put that one out there. I gotta own that. That was the bad pick. I uh, I've watched Mississippi State a couple times this year. I think they're a good, capable team. I did not necessarily think. I mean, my concern coming into that game was, oh yeah, Bama just lost to AM. They're gonna come out firing on all cylinders. You were on that, right? I think that was your lock of the week. Yes. And you nailed that. And I and I was somewhat scared that that was gonna end up happening. But I thought Mississippi State, from a talent standpoint, how they'd been playing, a performance standpoint, was good enough to, to hang with Bama for a little while. That did not end up happening. Mississippi State was moving the ball fairly well in the first half. They just made some mistakes and didn't capitalize on some opportunities and ended up getting a couple field goals. And before you know it, it's 49-9. And that did not work out well for me. That was a horrible pick, bad pick. I own that. Other than that, even the ones I missed on, I don't feel too bad about them. Like Arizona State at Utah, I still think Arizona State's a better team than Utah. They lost that game. They were up 21-7, and Utah reels off 28 unanswered in the second half. I'm sitting there, like I was sitting there watching that game in the first half. I actually just finished that game last night, and I was sitting there watching the first half of that game. I'm like, man, Arizona State is actually a good football team. I think they're probably going to win the Pac-12. And then the second half happens. It's like, oh, no, um, there there are some problems there. So that one, though, I, I don't feel terrible about it. Utah, yeah, they ended up winning the game, but I don't think that was a terrible pick. But that Bama one, that was uh, that was not a great pick. Got to pick it back up this week and, and try to do at least a little bit better. That's the hope here. But Charlie, before we get to all those picks, we got some games to pick, even though it might not be the best slate ever. We got some games to pick. But you travel a lot, right? Yeah. Those of you who remember our episodes over the course of the summer, I'm sure you remember that Charlie was basically gone all summer. Right, Charlie? I mean... I mean, how many trips did you take this past summer? I don't know. Enough. A lot. I think we had you on the show two or three times, maybe, whenever you were in town, whenever you could two make time for times. us. This summer, not often. You were like mm-hmm. all over the world. I don't... I you disagree. were globetrotting. I disagree. Uh, I mean, I can run back the tape, but I mean, maybe... Four times. I feel like you were not on the on this show very often all of the summer, but it's okay. You're back now, and we love that, and we appreciate that. But throughout your travels, I know you stay at a lot of hotels, right? Yes. What is your feeling on hotels? I do not like hotels. I know you're very picky on your hotel. I am very picky. You are. Um, I'm trying to. I don't want to be mean here. You're selective. I think that's a good way to put it. Yes, I wasn't say elitist, uh, but selective. I think that would no. Wow. You're not not okay. elitist. No, you like a nice hotel because. You like things to be clean, right? You're you just like, going to gloss over the fact that you're taking shots at me. I'm not taking shots at you. I mean, you like a very nice hotel. Maybe elitist isn't the right word. I think selective is a good word. I will grant you that. Selective is a very good word. I know that you like a nice hotel. And I know that's because you like things to be clean, right? Yes. Like to feel safe. Yes. Like to feel secure. Yes. Like to be and, taken care of. And I like it to be quiet. Well, Charlie, have you heard about the Normal Town College here in Athens? I have. You know, this is a place that can give you all the comforts of home in a way that I don't think any hotel, even the nicest hotel, the Ritzest Carlton out there, I don't think they can give you Ritzest. I was yeah. <laughs> no, no. The, I was trying to try to do a play on words there, Ritz sure, Carlton. Sure, you were. And I, I did not execute Didn't that work. very well at all. No, not a, not a flawless execution there. But the Ritziest of all the Ritz Carltons, Charlie, cannot give you the kind of care, attention the cleanliness, just the awesome environment 
that the normal town cottage gives you here in Athens. So guys, I'm telling you, if you're making a trip to Athens, if you're planning the trip for whatever reason, the normal town cottage is your go-to place for that. Just go check them out on Instagram. Just type in normal town cottage. They'll come up there. You can click the link and you can book things directly there. You can also just go to Airbnb and type in normal town cottage and search there. But I'm telling you guys, it is a no-brainer. If you come to Athens for anything, the normal town cottage will take care of you. It's the best place to stay in Athens. It's got a tree-lined street with free parking. You don't have to worry about paying for parking in some garage or something happens to your car. It's not going to happen. It's in the best part of Athens, the most beautiful neighborhood in town, a very, very short distance from downtown. And there's some really awesome, unique, cool bars and restaurants right there in normal town. So I'm telling you right now, go to Airbnb, go to normal town cottage on Instagram and book your next stay in Athens today. And Charlie, I do have one more thing to remind our listeners about. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but now we're getting closer and closer. I mean, we're like a week and a half out from the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. If you guys are looking for something to do on Saturday, if you're looking to set up a tailgate, don't worry about setting up your own tailgate. Go to GTE Presents right now and secure your spot at the best tailgate you will find there in Jacksonville for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. They have an open bar. They have free food. Well, it's not free food. It's food included with the purchase of a ticket. They have big screen TVs. They have Brandon Boykin's going to be there for a meet and greet. Tons of great things. There's going to be games, prizes, all that cool stuff. So make it easy on yourself. Just show up. Have the open bar. Have the food. Don't worry about anything yourself. They will take care of you. Again, that's gtepresents.com. Just select the Georgia, Florida tailgate option and you will have yourself fully set up for the best tailgate experience that you could possibly have there in Jacksonville. But all right, Charlie, we got some games to pick again. I know you're not super excited about these games. Before we pick them, I do want to just run through our our totals right now, where we sit here a little bit more than halfway through the season, which hurts my heart to even say. Um, Now, I did something new last week. I threw in some bonus picks at the end that weren't on our official slate of games to pick because... To be honest, I don't always have a lot of confidence in the games that make this slate, and I wanted to give you guys some of the games that I'm actually putting my own money on, the games that I actually have a good deal of confidence in. And all in all, with all those thrown in there and all that, all that included, I went 6-6 six and six in the week, bringing my season total to 32-29. and 29. Charlie, you're right. As you said earlier, you beat me on the games that actually made our slate. You went 4-4, four and four, but I saved myself with some of my bonus picks. Uh, Charlie... You are still above 500 at 29 and 28 on the season. We both hit our upset specials. I hit on UCLA over Washington as my upset special to win outright. Charlie nailed Oklahoma State over Texas. I thought you had them. What was your upset special if it wasn't Oklahoma State over Texas? It was... Upset special was Utah. All right. Well, either way, you nailed it. You nailed Utah over Arizona State, so you... Nailed your upset special. So that brings me to 7-3 on my upset specials on the year, where, again, that's where we pick an underdog to win outright on the money line. And that brings Charlie to 4-3 and three with her upset specials. I also did hit on my lock of the week with Texas A&M minus 8.5 over Missouri. That was easy money. I felt really good about that one. Should have locked that one up, to be honest with you. And that brings me uh, to 7-3 and three on the season with my locks. Charlie also hit her lock with Bama easily covering the 17 over Mississippi State. She won that one at my expense, and that brings Charlie's lock total to four and three. Charlie, before we start, do you know what your lock of the week is? No, I'm glad you said that. Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. I'm actually still trying to decide two of my picks. I haven't Um, decided yet. Charlie, I think... 
correct me if I'm wrong. I need a Because I, I, I don't remember things very well sometimes. I have been remembering as we go. Thank you. I feel like we had, we discussed the games that were going to be on the slate on Sunday, right? Right, and I'm still it's thinking Wednesday. about them. It's Wednesday. So it's not that you haven't thought about it, but it's that you're just putting a lot of thought into them. Exactly. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. I'll allow These are it. very careful decisions. I mean, th- these are some... Yeah, they are. Hey, I got Oklahoma State Their reputation's Utah. on the line here. I got Oklahoma State and Utah last weekend. Yeah, did you think about that for a second before we started recording? Yeah, I did. Well, good. I'm glad you did. Thanks. You nailed it. I appreciate well, no, it. it just seems the like confidence you, you have. No, you, you're... Typically, why do you have me on this show? Then you always strike me as such a well-prepared person, like in your everyday life. You've always struck me that These way. These are important decisions. These are, and uh, as long as it's actually some preparation issues that are keeping you from making these pick. I start preparing on Sundays. Thank I know you. you do. I know you do it because you you send me your write-ups and all that. So I know you're prepared, but the making the pick sometimes you just seem to sometimes forget. <laughs> The locks and the upset specials? I forget a lot of things. It's the consequence of getting older. It's getting older, being busy, all these things. I will say, with football season producing four episodes a week, we go about nine million miles an hour. So that is fair. I I will allow that. I understand. I'll give you a little grace there. Uh, But we uh, we do have a new slate of games to pick this week, Charlie. Uh, It's going to be a bounce back week for me. I feel it. It's coming. Let's go. I, I'm waiting for an undefeated week, Charlie. I've been I've been shooting for it. Haven't really gotten close. I, got, I think I had a six and two week one time early in the year. Haven't got the undefeated week yet, but it's coming. It's a matter of time. It's gonna happen at some time, and I'm feeling it this week. What you got for me? All right. Well, we're a little light on big time matchups this week. There are some intriguing games, but we're lacking the star power. From the previous... I would agree. I think there are some really intriguing games that I'm excited to watch, but there's not that big game like, oh my God, everyone in America's eyes going to be glued to this game. But there's still some fun games. Well, we're going to start with an ACC game with Clemson traveling to the big ketchup bottle to take on Pitt at 3.30. Clemson is now 4-2 and two and has dropped entirely out of the AP poll rankings, which is shocking, while Pitt has jumped into the top 25 and is ranked 23 with a 5-1 and one record. The Panthers are first in the ACC Coastal Division and very well may win the ACC this year. I think they got a shot. Yeah. A very good shot. You think they can? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Can you pick a quarterback? Yeah, absolutely. If they do win the ACC, do you think that means the ACC is left out of the playoffs? Yes. I think they lost to Western Michigan at home. That can't happen. Even if it ends up being their only loss... Well, you can't lose Western Michigan at home. It's quite the dramatic season. I'm curious to see the first college football playoff rankings. A couple two weeks. weeks. Yeah. I think yeah. two weeks. I think right after the Florida game. Yeah. Two weeks from Monday. Yeah. So Pitt's favored by three at home, and I think home field advantage inside Heinz Field will be a big deal for them. It's not often that Pitt fills up their stadium, but when Clemson comes to town, I think that there's a good chance it will be. It's a toss-up game. I'm not very confident in this pick. I think Pitt will win. I trust Kenny Pickett more than I do DJ Uyunglele. So close. Uyunglele. Oh, okay. Sorry. Not Lele. 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 Come on. Channel your inner Hawaiian. But I think it's going to have a crazy (laughs) razor thin margin with the overall talent edge Clemson has. So I'm going to pick Clemson to cover this one. So you think this is going to be a razor thin margin, a close game? A toss-up. Yes. You call it a toss-up. I don't know if it's a toss-up. Maybe it is. I mean, by definition, three-point line, that's pretty much a toss-up. 
I think picking Clemson right now is a very dangerous proposition, especially picking them to cover. They simply just cannot score. They are an absolute mess on offense. I watched every snap of that Syracuse game last weekend, and oh my God, not, I mean, calling them bad doesn't do it justice. They are a freaking mess right now on offense. Now, Pitt is not elite on defense, but they're pretty good. They did give up 517 yards to Western Michigan. Western Michigan can put up some points, but outside of that game, they've been pretty good. They, You know, you know what Pitt runs with Pat Narduzzi. They run that aggressive press man quarter scheme that he was running back at Michigan State, and that, that allows them to get nine guys in the box since the runs. So that's usually why they're pretty good against the run. Now, where Pitt has been bad this season is defending the pass. So that press man quarter scheme, they put their corners on islands out there, and they ask those guys to defend man on man uh, more often than not, and they've been burned a couple of times. They've gotten better, but I mean, Western Michigan just lit them up. They gave about 350 yards passing to both Western Michigan and Georgia Tech. Like, where did that come from? Uh, but here's the thing. Charlie, is Clemson equipped to take advantage of any sort of deficiency in pass defense right now? No. With DJ, how do you pronounce it? Uwe Angolele. There we go. That's much closer to being perfect. Um, but yeah, Clemson, I agree with you. They're they're 107 the pass offense. They are not equipped to take advantage of any sort of deficiency that Pitt might have in their back end. At this point, like watching DJ Uwe Angolele throw the football, I'm very close to saying this guy has the a case of the yips. I mean... Some of these throws, guys, are, it's hard to call them passes. It's like the ball is just falling out of his hand. He's throwing it straight down to the ground. I mean, it's very, very strange to watch. He's a far cry from the quarterback that I watched all offseason multiple times played Notre Dame in Boston College last year. He's just a different guy. And yeah, he has different weapons around him. He doesn't have quite as many playmakers. But even just him trying to complete a 10-yard like hitch route, it is a struggle for the guy right now. And on the flip side, Kenny Pickett for Pitt. That guy's been awesome this year. I don't think he should be leading the Heisman race. I think he should be somewhere in the conversation, especially if they go on to represent the, the, the Coastal Division in the ACC Championship game and maybe end up winning that ACC title game. And he's also got a really good group of wide receivers to throw to, led by Jaden Addison, a bunch of good players out wide. Now, the Clemson rush defense is good, but I do think there are some vulnerabilities in the secondary. And that's not a great matchup when you're playing this Pitt offense. Pitt does not run the football really at all. They don't even hardly try to. It's almost like an NFL offense. But they're the second best passing offense in the ACC behind Virginia. And I think that's something that Pitt can use their advantage in this matchup with Clemson. Clemson's really good up front. We know that. They're good in their front six, front seven. But corner at safety, there are some vulnerabilities. And I think that Pitt and Kenny Pickett will be able to take advantage of that. I really, this line, I, I mean, it's almost like Clemson's getting a lot of respect still just for the name, just for the brand of being Clemson, because they're not good right now. They're just not. And I do understand that they are the more talented team. Maybe that's what the odds makers are looking at here, but they're on the road. They're not playing well, and they're just a mess on offense. I cannot trust them right now, really in any spot. I do think, Charlie, as you said, I think Pitt might very well end up being the best team in the ACC. They're right there with Wake Forest and NC State. It's going to be one of those three teams. And I think that the Pitt Panthers take another step closer to securing an ACC title game bid. They beat Clemson at home, and they cover the three. All right. I mean, and I want Clemson to win. This is weird because it's one of those weird games. I'm picking Pitt, so I'm at the kind of root for that. But I want Clemson to win because I want that win for us to look as good as it possibly can. And maybe it doesn't matter if we end up winning all of our games. We don't have to worry about that. But still, you know, you can't always count on that. So I'm, I want Clemson to win, but I think Pitt's going to win. Try to be honest here. 
But you're picking Clemson to cover. No, I'm picking Pitt to win and cover. Okay, got it. Yeah, give me Pitt. I think Pitt's going to win at least by a touchdown. Okay, got it. Sorry. I just get confused because you start talking even I faster. I talk a lot. I talk a lot. I, I talk fast because you give me these like death stares like, oh my God, hurry up. No, I do not. Mm. No. Okay. Debatable. Debatable. Next up, let's talk about the SEC West for a few minutes. Uh, Coach O is out at LSU but is apparently finishing the year. I was really thinking when I was writing my intros that he would be out by now. Isn't it weird? Like, but isn't it weird how like, hey, awkward. dude, like, it's, it's not even a coaching waiting situation. It's like, uh, we don't like you. We're going to fire you, yeah. but Especially after some of the rumors and reports that have come out. So It's strange. It's Coach a strange situation. taking the Tigers to Ole Miss this weekend to take on the lane train. Ole Miss hasn't experienced quite the same amount of drama as LSU this week. But they did have objects thrown at them at the end of the Tennessee game last week. That was week. wild. I still can't get over that. that Including wild. the mustard bottle, which somebody I heard said was probably a flask. And if it was a real mustard bottle that somebody washed out and then put liquor in, that's disgusting because it's still going to smell like mustard. I mean, I like mustard, but I don't want but my beverage to... Isn't a mustard bottle bigger than your average flask? Yes. Yes. So if they if they're gonna catch you with a flask, wouldn't they catch you with a giant mustard I bottle? I have no idea. And why would they let you bring a mustard I'm bottle into the stadium? I heard. Yeah, I heard that too. That's just that's, and then, yeah, I don't you know, know if I buy that. Lane Kiffin was his himself in his press conference. Just his very just, deadpan cracks. Yep. Yep. Anyways, Ole Miss lost to the Tigers last year, forty-two to fifty-three, and are on a roll this year with Matt Corral as their quarterback. LSU has players dropping like flies, and it seems like some of them are healthy enough to come back, but seem to have decided that they're maybe opting out, I'll Charlie. Just they're watch opting out. The Let's call it what it is. They're season. opting out with an excuse to preserve their draft Considering stock. Considering the drama, but it doesn't seem like Coach O really notices the drama. I think Coach O is just like living in a happy world. Yeah, he's just doing whatever clearly. he wants. I don't think he even cares anymore. Sure. And he's just like, eh, yeah. I'm here, whatever. LSU can't really stop anything, and the Ole Miss offense is by far the best and most balanced offense the Tigers have faced this season. So I'm going with Ole Miss to cover the nine. Nine's a big number. I don't love the nine. I think Ole Miss will win this football game. Charlie, you and I, were we were we tailgating when we watched, was this game on? I think it was for a little while, right? We hung out for like an hour watching some of this game. Maybe a little while. A little while, right? But you saw that some of that game, right? The Florida LSU game? Yeah. Can you explain what happened in that game? I still can't explain what happened in that game. I have no idea. I've already gone back and watched it twice as I'm preparing for our our uh, preview episode next week. I don't understand what happened. LSU had like they had no business winning that football game. LSU had no business beating anyone with the with the rush they put out there. And somehow they, they beat Florida. I don't I don't even know, man. I guess and then they're gonna shoot out like that, running the ball the way they did. I just I can't explain it. What I can say is that I don't think that's replicable. I think that's a one-time thing. Kind of like the shoe game last year, Charlie. You can't replicate that. It just happened. It's just what it is. That's not something that's replicable. If you look at LSU throughout the course of the season, they are one of the worst rushing teams in the country. They had not rushed for more than 147 yards in a single game before last week when they bust out for 321 yards on the ground against a Gator defense that I told you guys was vulnerable up the middle Davis Price ran for an LSU record 287 yards on the day. Where did that come from? Now, you would say, well, you know, Ole Miss, they're 111th in rush defense, giving up 198 yards a game. But again, if you look at the course of the season, LSU's 103rd nationally rushing offense. What you saw last week against Florida is not what LSU is. Now, maybe they found something. That's who they're going to be. When you got Kayshawn Boutte, that's no longer the team, your top wide receiver. 
or at least his base, uh, he's opted out for the year. Let's just be honest. That's what's happened here. So maybe they found something, but I, I lean more towards that being kind of lightning in the bottle and kind of a, an isolated case against Florida. So I don't, I don't know if LSU is going to be able to just bust out this stellar running game against Ole Miss. Because Ole Miss has some vulnerabilities on the ground as well. We know that. But here's the thing, Charlie. And I, I, I'm not even like ashamed to say this. I've just become a Matt Corral stan. Yes, I heard. You. I, I, Matt Corral is he's a monster. He's a beast. I, Matt Corral is so much fun to watch. He's so tough. He's become such a great leader. He's grown up so much. As I did not like Matt Corral at the beginning of his career, I've changed my tune on him. I, I think this guy's a monster. I love watching him play. I, I think he should right now. For if I had a vote, he's he's the Heisman Trophy frontrunner in my opinion. Now we'll see. There's a lot of football left to play. But I love watching the guy play. And let's not forget that LSU is a decimated team. As you said, the best players have essentially opted out on both sides of the ball. You got a lame duck head coach who I don't think cares at all anymore. He's talking about he had enough money to buy a hamburger or two now, maybe a double hamburger every now and then, a cheeseburger or whatever. So you got Ole Miss at home. They have the better quarterback. They still have a shot at the SEC West. Let's not forget that, Charlie. Yes, they lost to Bama, but Bama slipped up. They lost to AM. If Ole Miss runs the table and Bama, for some reason, slips up somewhere else along the way, which is unlikely, it's possible, though, it's unlikely, but it's possible, Like they still have a, a possible shot at the SEC West title. I do think nine points is a lot of points for a team that is not great on defense, because they're not, but I do think the Ole Miss defense, as I said last week, has improved this year. In LSU, I just don't see them running for 321 yards again. If they don't, without Kayshawn Butte at wide receiver, they don't have a ton of weapons out wide. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss to win this game. And Charlie, I'm with you. I think they'll also cover the nine. I got them by by 10 to 14 points in this one. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, we're going to go to the Big 12 for our next game as Oklahoma State puts their undefeated record on the line in Ames against the Iowa State Cyclones. Just in case you forgot, I picked Oklahoma State to beat Texas last week. Yes, Charlie, you did. And you didn't. So. I did not. Congratulations. Just great pick. It was a great pick. I messed right. up. My bad. But in all seriousness, the Pokes are rolling this season and have their sights set on a Big 12 title game berth. But a trip to Ames can be a very tricky spot for them. Iowa State dropped a couple of games early to Iowa and Baylor, but have rebounded nicely and are looking to get back in the Big 12 title race themselves. 
with a win over the Cowboys. I think that Iowa State will win this game, but I think Oklahoma will cover. Oklahoma State will Isn't cover. it a surprising line? It's one of those things like Oklahoma State's a top 10 team, right? They jumped in the top eight now after that went over Texas. Iowa State's unranked, Charlie, but yet they're a seven-point favorite at home. It's kind. Of, it's just one of those weird lines. It's a weird line. So clearly the pollsters are either too high on Oklahoma State or maybe the Vegas people just aren't buying them, whatever it might be. There's it's just a weird disconnect there. But if you watch these teams, and I watched Oklahoma State for the first time last week. I had not seen them play before that Texas game. That's why I wasn't super confident in that game because I hadn't seen Oklahoma State play. But I've seen them play now. And these are two teams that are built the same. They both feature top 20 defenses. Uh, they both are, are top 20 rush defenses. Iowa State's number 15. Oklahoma State is one spot behind them at number 16, actually, in rush defense. Offensively, they both want to feature the run game, hit play action pass off that. They both run the ball very well. Brees Hall, Iowa State's running back, is number two in the Big 12 in, rush, in rushing offense. And Jalen Warren, the Oklahoma State starting running back, is third in the Big 12 in rushing. So, these are very similar teams in how they are built, how they are put together. But when you take a little bit of a closer look, Iowa State is just statistically better. I know they don't have as good of a record. I know they've lost two games, but they have a top three defense and they're top 20 in offensive efficiency. Oklahoma State's still really good, number 19 in uh, in total defense, but only 105th in offensive efficiency. I'm really not a believer in either quarterback, to be honest with you, Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State and Purdy, Brock Purdy at Iowa State. He's been around forever, but man, he's just okay at best. But I do think Iowa State has more weapons on offense. They are playing better defense. Iowa State is also still nursing hopes they can sneak back into the Big 12 title game. And if they lose this game, it's really all over for them in terms of like getting into the Big 12 championship game. I do think this is the best game of the day. At least it's the game I'm most excited to watch. Again, these are two teams I think are really similar. I think it will, it's one of those games that will come down to who wins the turnover battle and who can hit big plays. I watched Iowa State for the second time last week. I think they're trying to figure it out on offense some. They have this little slot wide receiver named Noel that gives them something that they haven't had in the past to complement the multitude of tight ends that they have on their in their offense. So I like Iowa State to win this game, Charlie. I do. I'm also like you. I'm really hesitant with the seven-point spread here. That is a lot of points to be laying here against Oklahoma State, a team that's undefeated inside the top 10. I'm going to do it, though. I think Iowa State is ready for this game. I think they want to get back on track after losing to Iowa earlier in the year, after losing to Baylor. Oklahoma State, I don't want to say they're smoking mirrors yet. I think they're a good team. They're really good on defense. I don't have a lot of faith in Oklahoma State's offense. That was a big win for them on the road at Texas last weekend. I don't know if they can put together two big road wins back-to-back like that. So give me Iowa State to win and ever so slightly cover that seven. I, I do not feel confident in this one, but yeah, we'll go Iowa State to cover the seven. All right, Iowa State. Well, the next game has us talking about an interesting matchup in the Pac-12 as Oregon and UCLA face off in what could be a preview of the Pac-12 title game. The spread is just two, which is puzzling since Oregon is currently ranked number 10 and some people think that the Ducks may make it to the playoffs this year. I haven't paid much attention to the Pac-12 this year, but that's normal for me because it's Pac-12 and recently it has not been... Very interesting in the past few years. See, I think the Pac-12 is interesting because there's no like dominant team. They're all kind of like on the same level, yeah, more or less. Yeah, but you know that they're not going to get into the college football playoff. I mean, yeah. I mean, probably not. Yeah, at this point. 
but it's still it, it's it's intriguing football because they're there's not a dominant team. They some of them play different styles. It's fun to watch, but this you're right. It's gonna be an interesting game, um, for sure. The Bruins are five and two and are currently second in the Pac-12 South, while Oregon is five and one and is leading the North Division. They did lose a couple weeks ago in an ugly game against Stanford, but they'll yeah. probably still win the North Division and play for the Pac-12 championship. However. The odds makers like UCLA's chances to pull the upset. I don't think that they will. So I'm going. Well, won't be UCLA's favored by two. Yeah, won't be an upset. You, you in your mind, it should be they should not be favored. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it's another strange line. There's some strange lines this week. Yeah. So I'm going with Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. This is an interesting team. They have that huge win at Ohio State. I think Ohio State's a better football team. I think if they play that game 10 times, Oregon might win two or three. But you know what? That day in Columbus, Ohio, in the horseshoe, Oregon was a better team. They won that football game. But outside of that one game, that isolated game, they've been pretty underwhelming. You mentioned, Charlie, they lost to a very average at best Stanford team. They got outgained by a horrible Arizona team. Maybe like one of the worst teams in the Power Five. I think Vanderbilt might have, but one of the worst teams in the Power Five. They got outgained by that team. They're minus 80 yards on the year with their total yards differential. I mean, minus 80 yards in the year, that's typically a, a total you see for like a team that's three and three. Not a team that's what, five and one right now, six and one, whatever they are. And look, UCLA is not a perfect team either. I've watched them play a couple times this year, actually. They're not perfect by any stretch of imagination. They like they are not dynamic in the passing game at all, but I think they've been a little bit more consistent throughout the year. They run the ball very well. They're top 20 in the country, averaging 219 yards a game on the ground. Uh, DTR and, and Charbonnet at running back, those guys have really teamed up to be a, a pretty dynamic tandem on the ground this year. But here's the thing. Where Oregon has been vulnerable this year on defense is through the year. They're 110th nationally in pass defense. And UCLA is just not built to really take advantage of that. UCLA is a rushing offense. They're 93rd nationally in passing offense, just averaging a hair over 200 yards a game. I mean, can DTR do enough with his arm? I don't know. I mean, they have some okay weapons out wide. Greg Dolchich is a good tight end. Kyle Phillips is a, is a solid wide receiver. He's not a game changer. I don't really love this pick either way. I, I kind of want UCLA to win to like completely knock Oregon out of the playoff picture because in the back of my mind, I had this idea that like some way, somehow, if they end up a one-loss Pac-12 champ, that the college playoff committee is going to find a way to sneak them in. And so if they lose this game, I think the the Pac-12 is probably out of the playoff picture. They are. I mean, because you know, Oregon have two losses. UCLA, well, I guess UCLA would have two losses as well. To Fresno and Arizona State. Arizona State would have two losses. They lost to Utah last week. They lost to BYU early in the year. So the Pac-12 would officially be out at that point. But I need an upset special. I need an upset special for this game. I don't love the matchup for UCLA. They haven't shown they're equipped to take advantage of Oregon's biggest vulnerability on defense, so that pass defense. I don't really trust the Oregon offense and Anthony Brown either at quarterback. So I do this through gritted teeth. But I'll take the Ducks to an outright as my upset special of the week, Charlie. All right. Ducks, it is. Okay, well, we're going to jump back. I feel like I'm, like, jumping across the country 
back and forth. This. Yeah, because it's like they're all at the same. Yeah, like there's like the the, the twelve o'clock slate is horrible. Yeah. There's like no good games at noon. There's a bunch of good names, but are at least I think intriguing games seven, seven, at, at three thirty, well, and then there's at seven. There's a couple yeah. games, so it's like it's yeah. There's nothing at noon this week. So nothing. We're jumping back across the country to the southeast. For the old third Saturday in October rivalry between Tennessee and Alabama. This year's matchup is in Tuscaloosa, which probably ruins any chance the Vols had of pulling the upset. Not an upset, even covering. Probably. I mean, do, they, do they have a chance at all I, before no. that? Probably I not. Need to cover. I think Tennessee is probably pretty down this week after losing last Saturday the way they did. And Bama is Bama, so, especially at home and at night. So Tennessee is better than I thought they would be, but no, they aren't ready for Bama. So I'm taking Bama and I'm laying the 25 and a half. Principal play, take yep. Bama, right? Well, I, I picked Bama a few weeks ago and then they didn't cover. Because it's not a vintage Alabama team, I Charlie. I guess it was A&M. I guess it was that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And like in the past years, the principal plays just take Bama every week and you come out on top. I don't know if this is. Well, the, who did Alabama play last weekend? Mississippi State. They beat the junk yeah. out of them. Yeah. 49-9. Yeah. They got that out of their system. But you're right, Charlie. This is one of those, like, not if, but by how many games. You know, that's what this is. Like, how how many points is Alabama going to put on Tennessee? That's what this game is. But I do stand by what I've said about Alabama all year. This is just not a vintage Alabama team. They're really, really good, but it's not, like, the best Bama team we've seen the past couple years. They're not that level. They don't have the same type of weapons on offense. And I, I don't like to give them credit, but you got to give credit where credit's due. Tennessee is playing Pretty decent football. They're plus 750 yards with their total yards differential on the year. They figured out an identity under Josh Heupel. Now, they haven't played the best teams on their schedule. They started that stretch last week with Ole Miss. They got Alabama. They'll have us coming up in a couple weeks. So that plus 750 is a little bit deceiving. Yes, they have played Florida, but the rest of the teams on their schedule have been very beatable um, and also not all that dominant. They also play Kentucky as well later on. So that is a little misleading, but they, they've played better than I thought they would. They run the ball well. Hinton Hooker at quarterback has been very efficient since taking over as a starting quarterback. But is that enough to keep it close with Bama in Tuscaloosa at night in a rivalry-ish game? Can we even call this a rivalry anymore, Charlie? No. It's almost like George and Georgia Tech. Is that even a rivalry anymore? No, I wish we would cancel that game, but that's for Jesus, no, no freaking day. kidding. No kidding. Now, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think Tennessee's competent enough that it wouldn't shock me if they kept it close for like a quarter or so. But, man... They are not going to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa at night. They're like you said, Charlie. They're not ready for that yet. Maybe in a couple of years they can compete. Not not right now. Not right now. I got it very wrong last week. I'll own that again. I should have picked Bama. I was an idiot, and I picked Mississippi State to cover that game. Got that one very wrong. I am not making that same mistake this week. Twenty-five and a half points is a lot of points, even if it is Tennessee. But it's a principal play. Give me Bama here. They're more dynamic on offense. They're better on defense. I think they exert their will in the second half. I'll take Bama to win and cover the 25 and a half. All right. I was wondering if you would pick Bama to cover that one. I, I, I've learned my lesson, Charlie. <laughs> I've learned my lesson. Look, I, I'm not, I will say I'm not the smartest man in the world, but one thing I try to do is I try to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to try to learn from it this week. All right. Well, now let's talk about USC at Notre Dame. This is traditionally a big game each year, but Notre Dame lost to Cincinnati earlier this month, and USC has already terminated their head coach, so obviously this game doesn't have the same implications as it normally would. 
Losses for the Trojan this year include Stanford, Utah, and even Oregon State. Although Oregon State is better than they. Oregon State's are. like four and two. They they still yeah. have a shot to win the North if they beat if they don't screw up and they beat Oregon. What's their mascot? The, the Beavers. Beavers, baby. Yeah, the what Beavers, a mascot. Yeah. Their colors very fall. The colors are terrible. It's all that yeah. The orange that that shade of orange and black it just doesn't go together. It's terrible. For uh, USC, it's almost like they're going through the motions at this point. Notre Dame still has a little bit of a quarterback controversy on its hands, but I think they have more to play for and are a more stable program. I'll give you a better review. I'll let you give the better review of the team. I'll try my best. Yeah. See what I got. I'm going to pick Notre Dame to cover at home. And let me back up just before you move on. Back up. Back up. So I'm looking over my picks, and my upset special is going to be... Oregon with you. So you're so, you're following so far, my lead. So far we have two differences. I picked Oklahoma State, you picked Iowa State. Right. I picked Clemson to cover and you picked Pitt. All right. Let's see if we can get I some just di- wanted you to know that I picked Yeah, thank you for letting special. us know. Thank you so, for letting us know. Sometimes it's hard to go back and figure out what you pick because you come in so late with these picks. Uh, all right. Well, USC is kind of in the same boat as LSU. I mean, their head coach is not Lane Duck head coach. He's just gone. But I feel like kind of like LSU. And LSU, they rallied last week, but I think that was a one-week show. But USC's kind of given up on the season, man. There's just no spirit out there on the field. I think you could make the argument that USC is more talented than Notre Dame. I don't think that's outlandish at all. But they're just not all there. The effort's not there after the Helton firing. They're just kind of going through the motions right now. And USC is a really one-dimensional offense. They just want to throw the football. Uh, I think they've run for under 100 yards three different times this season. So they just want to throw the football. And even within that one dimension in their pass game, they're one-dimensional within that one dimension. It's basically Slovis to Drake London and nothing else. Drake London has 832 yards receiving on the year, over 60 receptions already. The next closest wide receiver on their team has 277 yards receiving. So, I mean, it really is. It's Drake London, Keaton Slovis, and nothing else on that team right now. But they actually, even though they've run the ball for under 100 yards three times this year, they've actually run the ball better than Notre Dame. It's crazy. Notre Dame is 118th nationally in rushing offense, only 97 yards a game. And that's a concern for me with an offense that's traditionally kind of built on establishing the run, hitting some play action shots. And they, they're having a tough time doing that. So Notre Dame is not an elite team. And there is some uncertainty at quarterback. And that gives me some pause. Who's it going to be? But getting guys back is big for this team. They should be getting Michael Mayer back. There seems to be some comments around the program heading into this game. They're going to get tight end Michael Mayer back, who is one of the only guys I think can rival Brock Bowers right now for the best tight in the country claim. They're getting Chris Tyree back, who's kind of a, he's a running back. But he also does a lot of the backfield and the receiving game for them. Getting both those guys back, they're getting healthier. Neither team is especially good, but you're right, Charlie. I agree with what you said about Notre Dame having more stability. They're also at home. They're getting key pieces back. They're starting to find the run game a little bit with the quarterback run game. And I just, bottom line is I can't trust the Trojans in this spot. So give me the Irish by a touchdown or more in this game. I feel pretty good about this one. I don't feel good enough to lock it up, but I I have a a solid amount of confidence that Notre Dame is going to be able to win this one and cover that six and a half. All right. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. 
Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, the Gamecocks finally did it last weekend. They got an SEC win By the over the Commodores. Absolute slimmest margin possible. Yeah. But now they're going to travel west to get knocked down again by Texas A&M. This game is at night at A&M, so the Gamecocks have no chance, especially with the 12th man in play. I'm not even sure that South Carolina will be able to score. Lou Doty's out, too. He's out for the year. Starting quarterback, gone for the year. They're back to, to Zeb Nolan, the the, gra- the uh, yep. grad assistant. They're back to him. Which I was just about to say, they had to put Zeb Nolan, the graduate assistant, in to lead the Cox to the go-ahead uh, touchdown with under a minute to play last weekend. And then on the flip side, A&M has Calzada. He's been playing better. He's now getting all the snaps with the first team. He's led them to a couple of wins. So this one's easy. Texas A&M is better everywhere on the field. So picking them to win and cover. The part that they're really kicking themselves over is that they lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State. If they had won just one of those games, they would be in the driver's seat to represent the West in Atlanta in December. But... They just got beat by Arkansas. They should have beat Mississippi State, and that one frustrated me because I actually had some money on AM in that game, and I sat there watching that, just I'm like rubbing my forehead. While I'm thinking of it, I, I strong, know it's I uh, won, but it's a lot. But I mean, Carolina is not good on offense, and they got Zed Nolan back at quarterback. I think that's a good pick, Charlie. I like that one. Yeah, the Cox aren't winning this game. I can say that <laughs> they're not going to win this football game. They just can't score consistently. They're 13th in the SEC in both total offense and scoring offense, only by only ahead of Vanderbilt, who they beat by one point last week at home. Uh, they're pretty good on defense, though. They're a top 35 defense, but they did let Vandy score points last week, Charlie. Did you know that Vandy's points in South Carolina were their first points scored in SEC play this season? I'm not surprised. How bad is that? God, they're so bad. And they almost beat South Carolina. Now, the question, though, with A&M is always, will they score enough points? You mentioned Zach Calzada. He's still up and down. He's getting better. He shows some really impressive flashes, but he's still up and down. However, I do love their two running backs. I love Spiller. I love A-Chang. They also have some playmakers in the pass game. If Calzada can just find them and get them the football, this one's tough for me. I, I don't have faith in Carolina to score enough against a good AM defense to keep it within 21. They just don't score. But on the flip side, I also don't trust the AM offense to consistently move the ball or finish drives against a, a solid South Carolina defense in order to kind of blow them out and cover that 21. And the fact is, AM, they just haven't really blown anyone out. They, they beat Colorado by three. They beat Bama by three. They lost to Arkansas by 10. They lost to Mississippi State by four. They play a lot of close games. And they only, like, New Mexico, yeah, they beat New Mexico 34-0, but they only beat New Mexico 34-0. They should have put 50-plus on that team. And they just, they're not blowing teams out the way that they should when they have opportunities to. And, yeah, Luke Doty out for the year at quarterback. Zeb Dolan back in. And that's going to push me over the edge here. I'll take the Aggies to cover the 21. I would like to lock this up. But I'm not going because I just don't have a ton of confidence in that AM offense themselves. I think they'll win this comfortably, but I could see Carolina maybe sneaking with a backdoor cover late. So I'm not going to lock it up. And how about this, Charlie? Do you have a lock? I do have, not yet, but I have a lock. Not yet. I have a lock. It's coming. It's coming. How about this? South Carolina has never beaten AM in their history. Huh. Never. I think you said that a couple of And they're cross division rivals and they yeah, have never beat them. They're not going to meet them. It's not happening this year. It's not happening this year. Okay, 
Our final game of the week has the Miami Hurricanes hosting the NC State Wolfpack. Tyler, I know you were high on NC State at the beginning of the year. I was. I They're am. now 5-1 and one with their only loss to Mississippi State and are currently ranked 18. The only team ahead of them in the ACC Atlantic Division is Wake Forest. They have a few tough games ahead of them, so they still have a chance to make it to the championship game in December, and Miami's not going to be much of a challenge for them this week. Unless, Unless they just yeah, fall apart. Yeah. Um, they're only favored by three, which is another strange line. It's the weakest strange lines, man. Something yeah, tricky going on. Especially with the circumstances at Miami. Derek King is out due to an injury, so now they have a freshman, Tyler Van Dyke, as their starting quarterback. Manny Diaz is on the hot seat, which is never good for a locker room. I think um, he's as good as gone. I think NC State wins, cover the three. It's a night game, but then it's Miami and they don't have fans, so... I'm going to go with NC State to win and cover. I like that, Charlie. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I saw a stat earlier this week. Did you realize this is the first time since... Dare I say lock? Two locks? Look at me remembering things Dare you say? I think I'm going to lock You might up. be onto something, Charlie. Dare you say? But this is the first time since 2011 that there has been no team in the state of Florida ranked inside the top 25. Oh, I love that. That's glorious. Yeah, no team. And, that, um, and I guess you call that a state. Somewhere down there, whatever they have going on down there. It's like another country, though. It really is. Um, I you, you know my feelings on Jacksonville. I don't like going there, but it is what it is. But yeah, this is the week of weird lines, man. This is one of those weird, weird lines. I don't understand. Something crazy is going on out there. I get that it's at Miami at night, but that is one of the least intimidating home field advantages in all of college football. Charlie, you laid it out very well. No De'Ara King. Miami, I like what you said. They just don't have fans. Um, NC State is in line to win the AC Atlantic if they can get by Wake Forest. Um, the Wolfpack just went up to Chestnut Hill and blanked a decent Boston College team. And they're more than two times as good as Miami in total yards differential. They're plus 800 versus Miami where they're plus 300. NC State just has the better quarterback. They got the better running backs, the better wide receivers, and Amezi and Thayer Thomas. They're better defensively. They're number one in the ACC in total defense right now. I think this game is more about people just not trusting NC State based on past history, but that's the past. I'm worried about right now. And right now, NC State is clearly the better team. That doesn't mean they can't lose. Anybody can lose. But right now, the way they're playing, they are clearly the better football team. I do not care that this game is in Miami. There might be 14 people in the stands, Charlie. If they're lucky, there might be 14. I like NC State, and I like them a lot in this spot. You stole my thunder, Charlie. Lock it up. I got the Wolfpack to win. I mean, I think win comfortably in this game. But, Charlie, I'm not done yet. I got some more bonus picks. This slate of games this week was not super confidence-inspiring. Did not a ton of confidence in a lot of these games. So I went through the rest of the games this weekend trying to find some games that I want to put some of my own money on. And I got a, a four-pack here for you guys. So real quickly, I'm just going to run through this. I'm going to give you a, a lot of explanation, just give you some, some picks here. I've got BYU minus four at Wazoo at Washington State in Pullman. Charlie, you know what just happened to Washington State, Coach. Half their coaching staff just got fired. Yeah, I just don't understand that. How do you just quit? I mean, he didn't quit. He did but got, he was given like six He was given the morning. option, so I guess in his own way he quit, but he got technically got fired, but he had a chance to not get fired. But yeah, I know, I know, I know, but it's a personal decision. But BYU's only a four-point favorite on the road at Wazoo where they lost like half their coaching staff, including their head coach. I mean, 
I think that's easy money. It's again the week of weird lines. Like something, someone knows something I don't know. I don't get that one. So I'm taking BYU minus four there. Here's another one I like, Charlie. I'm going to take an underdog here. I got Maryland plus five and a half at Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota's won two in a row. Yes, they beat Nebraska. Nebraska did what Nebraska does and just screws everything up. Never bang on Nebraska ever again. Not happening. They didn't. God, I hate Nebraska. Uh, but Maryland's come off the bye week. Minnesota's really not a good football team, guys. They're on the third string running back. They got Chris Alvin Bell back at wide receiver, so he's something. But, I mean, they're not a good football team. They're just not. They lost to Bowling freaking Green. And I think Maryland, Maryland's a decent team. Now, they've gotten blown out two weeks and two games in a row. They had to come off the bye week. Hope they got some things right there. Uh, Tonga Vailoa's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. They did lose their best receiver in Demas, but they got Raheem Jarrett. They have some playmakers still in that offense. I think Maryland has a chance to go in and into Minneapolis and beat Minnesota, but I'll definitely take them plus five and a half. I've also got Mississippi State, Charlie. Mississippi State minus 20 and a half at Vandy. I, Vandy might not score again. I, I mean, Mississippi State's defense is pretty good. And I, I think that Mississippi State, now my only concern here is that you look at Will Rogers, he got banged up in that game against Alabama last week. So how healthy is he? We'll see there. But regardless, I like Mississippi State in the air raid offense, minus 20 and a half at Vanderbilt. And my last one, Charlie, I got one more lot. I'm glad you just like came up with these randomly without discussing it with me. Well, you, you only like to have eight games on the slate. That's not true. You want more games? Well, I mean, I didn't know. I'm you not wait, like we, we talked about potentially putting some of these games on the we slate. We did not. We, we, you said people don't care about games like that. Oh, we did not. Because you know. I did not You say texted such me. You, had, like, you, said, you said I found six games. And I don't think there's any other games anyone cares about. That's what you said. No. That is exactly what no. you said. I got the text. Go I'll pull it up. Last game. All right. Last game. You can make picks on these two. I've got TCU minus four and a half versus West Virginia. And I think they're actually at West Virginia. No, they're at home, actually. Um, but lock this one up. I think TCU's a pretty good football team. Yeah, they got beat by Oklahoma, but you kind of ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw there. Oklahoma's got Caleb Williams now, and that changes everything for Oklahoma. But TCU was impressive in defeat there. Uh, Max Duggan's playing through a broken bone in his foot, but he's a dual-threat quarterback. He put up a career-high passing yards against Oklahoma last week. Zach Evans should be back. He's probable this week. He didn't play last week. They got a couple good running backs behind him anyway. They got some options at receiver that I think are really good playmakers. So I like TCU. West Virginia's good defensively. They're just not dynamic on offense. They're just average on offense. So I like TCU to win that game. Um, and cover the four and a half as well. Charlie, would you like to throw in any, any look at those picks there? Anything you like? No, I was not included in the decision. I'm sorry, Charlie. I won't make that mistake again. Forgive okay. me. I'll win the picks this week. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. And next time I will do better. I will make sure to make you. I, I basically looked at these on my way home. I was sitting there at the stoplight. I was like going through the lines. Like, okay, I like this game. I like this game. I like this game. So there's just a couple more. A couple bonus picks for people out there. But all right, guys, that does it for today here on the Glory UGA podcast. As always, we greatly appreciate you guys supporting us here and listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week. We're going to have a ton of great content for you guys leading up to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. We have got to beat Florida this year, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So enjoy your football weekend, your bye week. Also, I want to make sure to mention one more time before we get out of here, Charlie, what is going on in the Classic City this weekend? Ah, women's tennis. Let's go. And, oh, I saw on Twitter somebody wanted us to explain the difference between the fall and the regular season. I think it was Darren. Great call, Darren. Yes, thank you. So, in the fall, it's usually invitationals just to get the players some experience, whereas in the spring, you're playing as a team, and there are three doubles matches, 
but it's only one set, so it's the best to six. It's dual by, play. It's called dual play. Yeah. Yes. Best out of six yeah. by two. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets you one point. Yep. Best two out of three. Then there are six single matches, which go to three sets if necessary. Um, but in the fall, it's just a mix and match of players. Some will only play singles. Some will play doubles. They'll mix up. And some people, yeah. some players won't even play, but I think our freshmen definitely will yeah. to get there's, some There's no team title at stake, and there's no SEC play. Like We might play some SEC teams, but you're not having those kind of matches. I think this one's actually invitational. So we had Mel Riasco, a true freshman, won the ITA Southeast Regional last weekend. On Monday. On Monday, absolutely. So and, and, She beat Anya, who yeah. was a junior for us. She beat Anya in the semis. Mm-hmm. And Anya's playing really well, Sunday too. On Sunday afternoon. Yeah, so uh, we're both really excited to be able to check out the Lady Tennis Dogs this weekend. And if you're looking for something to do, I mean, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They haven't released the schedule yet, but typically it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's the entire weekend. So if you're looking for something to do with the family, you just want to come out and enjoy some nice fall weather, some tennis action. Come on out to the Dan McGill Tennis Complex. It's totally free. See some high-level tennis. See some of our young guns. They're going to go out there and make their home debut. So it should be a lot and of fun. And it is an invitational, so you may want to just check social media because if it's we'll tweet you it know, out. a bracket or they have random start times yeah, compared we'll to a out. regular match. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, I strongly encourage everyone to come and check it out. Root on the girls. Is that it, Charlie? Anything else? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, all right. Well, guys, again, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. For Charlie, I'm Tyler, and as always, go dogs!